Good morning everyone. So how are you today? Yeah, yeah. So happy to see you here. Um, usually, you know, we schedule layer talking uh, every uh, summer season. In this year we schedule already. Today we have a uh, layer talk, layer dhamma talk. Tart. He's going to give the talk. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Tati is our office manager. And he's a wonderful friend. Uh, and also he practiced a lot of, I think, many times. Yeah? <laughs> so many times with us. Sometimes uh, he t- teaches us, you know, uh, English and, you know, uh, cultural things in here. And uh, I'm so happy to invite to Tat to do the talk. And uh, please listen to Tat and uh, enjoy his talk. Thank you so much. Ooh, thank you. Oh, it works. Uh, thank you, Bhante Bhatia. Yes, my name is Todd Nielsen, and I'm erstwhile office manager. If you have any, feel free to move around. If you have any questions, just uh, yell it out because I really can't see you. But I'm going to sit down. So. Uh, start right away. So let's, you know, last Saturday I talked about the four of the greater events of the eight great events of the Buddha's life. Um, and this week I'll be talking about the four lesser of the great events of the Buddha's life. So uh, there's a lot of verbiage at the beginning of this uh, presentation. Strictly speaking, this is not a canonical list. It's rather a list of the events that is often depicted in Buddhist art. And uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the four of the greater events are the birth of the Buddha, the enlightenment of the Buddha, the first turning, first teaching of the Buddha, which is turning the wheel of the Dharma and the Parinirvana, or the death of the Buddha. That was last week's. This week is the four lesser wonders or miracles. The first one is a display of miracles. I should say the fifth one, to confound magicians who were using their tricks to lead people astray. The Buddha used his supernatural powers to perform true miracles. And this happened in Shravasti, which is in northern India. Um, the sixth one is taming the mad elephant. The Buddha's jealous cousin, Devadatta, who was also a monk, set the vicious mad elephant Nalagiri stampeding toward the Buddha and the other monks and the nuns. This will all be illustrated soon. The seventh one is descent of the Buddha from the heaven of the 33 gods. The Buddha's mother died seven days after his birth and was reborn in Treyas Trimsha heaven, which means the heaven of the 33 gods. I think it's Tabatimsa in Pali. And the, that heaven is on the summit of Mount Merud, which is the uh, cosmic mountain in the center of our universe, according to Indian and Buddhist um, cosmology. The Buddha went there during one rainy season to teach her and the other gods, or the devas, the Dharma. He returned on a jeweled staircase with gods, monks, and nuns. And then the eighth and last one is accepting an offering of honey from a monkey. While he was on a retreat in the forest, the Buddha was offered a bowl of 
honey by a monkey. When the Buddha accepted it, the monkey was so happy that he fell out of the tree in which he was dancing and died. However, due to his meritorious gift of honey, he was instantly reborn in the heaven of the 33 gods. So these four um, of the lesser events are more of a didactic sort of parables or legends, and you may um, make of them what you will, but they all teach a moral lesson. So um, to recap, the first one is the miracles at Shravasti to confound the magicians who were using their tricks to lead people astray. The Buddha used his supernatural powers to perform true miracles, such as emanating golden rays from every pore of his body at the end of each the golden rays, there was a teaching Buddha. He also performed the miracle of the pears in which he um, levitated into the air and then emanated fire and water from his body. A fierce and wrathful deity known as Mahakala, which I think means the, the great black one, sprang from the dais the Buddha was seated upon and chased the magicians into a nearby river. I believe the point of this story, the moral, is to uh, use your understanding of the Dharma to avoid false views. So here is a little difficult to see, but it's um, details are coming right up. This is the Buddha. You can see him in the center, and he's emanating the rays. Ooh, let me try this. Ooh, he's emanating the rays out of his body, and he's multiplied himself here. And then um, here are God, here are monks and the gods listening to him. Here is Mahakala chasing these uh, magicians into the river. So here's a close-up, maybe. Yes, here um, are his multiplying himself up here, and these are the golden rays. Then on the right, you can see, a little difficult to see, but those are monks and nuns with gifts, and there's um, one of the gods with a conch shell, which is an offering to the Buddha. And then on the, on the left-hand side, more monks and nuns, and a, some of the gods offering a, uh, that's a, a prosperity vase. This is a god offering a flaming wheel of the Dharma to the Buddha. Then here's at the bottom, you can see Mahakala has jumped out from below the dais, and he's flaming red, and there are his helpers, and he's chasing these magicians into a river. They jumped into the river and were washed away. And here is probably Ananda is um, honoring the Buddha here. Here is a, a depiction of the miracle of the pears when um, from the top of his body he shot out flames and the bottom he shot out water. This is a contemporary uh, depiction from, I believe, Thailand. Here's another one. This time he's shooting out the flames from the right-hand side and the water from the left-hand side. Here's a, an ancient sculpture where he multiplies himself, multiplies himself here. And you'll notice he's always standing on a lotus um, in Indian art anything sacred is put upon a lotus. Here's a sort of a, a naive example, folk art, 
He's multiplied himself here, and here are the magicians sort of skulking away. That's water. Okay, so that's the, uh, the moral of that one is don't be misguided by charlatans or people who um, lie through their teeth or make up statistics or insult a lot of people. I think you get my drift. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is taming the mad elephant, Nalagiri. So the Buddha's jealous cousin Devadatta managed to get Nalagiri drunk. Nalagiri is a large elephant. And then sent him Nalagiri charging at the Buddha and other monks and nuns. But the Buddha stood his ground and radiated loving kindness. So Nalagiri knelt before him, the Buddha, and received a blessing. So this uh, story illustrates, I'm sure, the power of loving kindness. So here we have a, I believe this is also from Thailand. Um, and of course we have to add in the story that uh, there was a woman who dropped her baby right in front of the elephant, but the uh, mad elephant stopped in time and the, the baby was saved. Here we see the Buddha with his uh, retinue of monks behind him, and the woman is screaming there, and there's a mad elephant, Nalagiri. Here we see later in the story, Nalagiri has stopped and... Um, knelt before the Buddha. Here's a nice picture. Um, there's Ananda, the Buddha's um, attendant, also his cousin. And Ananda is the one who remembered everything the Buddha taught. And so at the first council after the Buddha died, um, all the other monks and nuns asked Ananda, what did the Buddha say in his 84,000 teachings? So Ananda who had a photographic memory, was able to recite all of the suttas, which is why all this, most of the suttas start with, thus have I heard, because that's Ananda speaking. There's the woman with her baby running away, running away. Here's another uh, contemporary depiction. I think the uh, Nalagiri needs a haircut here. And... Here's a uh, story. Here is a a sort of folk. Uh, looks like a bedspread to me. Here is a, an ancient sculpture. Um, Nalagiri is very small. He's right there, and I think I'm not sure if that's Ananda or the elephant tamer. Um, and here, of course, is the Buddha. And you can see the loving-kindness is sort of emanating from his hand. Here's a later example of uh, in Gupta, from Gupta period in India. And here, the elephant is really tiny, right there. And there's the uh, someone again. Here's a close-up of that. It's Nalagiri. And there are some... Um, adoring disciples here. And here um, you can sort of see some of the um, loving-kindness emanating. So then the the third one is the descent of the Buddha from the heaven of the 33 gods. The Buddha visited his mother, who was actually her reborn self, in the heaven of the 33 gods at the summit of Mount Meru during one rainy season 
While he was there, he taught the Dharma to her and the other gods. So a very, very, very quick lesson in um, Indian and Buddhist cosmology. In the center of our universe, there is a enormous mountain called Mount Meru, and around, arranged around Mount Meru, or sometimes called Sumeru, there are four continents, and we live on the continent which is called Apple Blossom Island, um, or in Sanskrit, Jute, a very hard to pronounce word. <laughs> so the monks and the nuns and the lay people back on Jambudviva wished him to return, so they sent a delegation of monks who possessed psychic powers to the top of that mountain, to the heaven of the 33 gods, to ask the Buddha to return. So the Buddha consented, so the gods in the heaven of the 33 gods created a stairway from heaven of gold, lapis lazuli, or sometimes silver, and crystal, which he then descended in company with the monks and the assembled heavenly gods, or the devas. The moral of this story is the importance of filial piety to our parents and also to our friends, and also of teaching. So here is a um, Tibetan depiction of that. Here you can see the stairs, and here's the Buddha, actually sort of floating down on some clouds here. Here are the monks who had gone up to ask him to come back, and here are the gods accompany, accompanying him. Here is a more contemporary example. Here you can see the silver, the in this case rubies and gold. And the gods are um, with them coming down. This is from Burma. Here are some other gods who are bowing. This happened on a full moon day. Uh, this god is holding a Burmese harp. That's how uh, you can tell it's from Burma. Here is the uh, Buddha teaching in the heaven of the 33 gods. Here are some of the 33 gods. I haven't counted them. And here's uh, someone playing a Burmese harp. So the following slide is, is, is the scene as depicted in Tibet, Tibetan art. Notice that the blue face of Mount Meru, blue face paved with lapis lazuli, is shining on our world, and that's why our sky is blue. So the nun Utpalavarna made a vow to be the first person to greet the Buddha when he descended from, his, from the heaven, but she was shoved out of the way by the armies of the neighboring kings who had also come to greet the Buddha. But by the power of her vow, Utpalavarna was able to take the shape and the appearance of a great emperor and was admitted with her chariots and troops into the front row. The Buddha blessed her and told her that someday she would be a Buddha also. So here is uh, the entire thing. This is actually a tanka painted for me by a friend of me, um, Aung Sering Sherpa, who is now a famous contemporary Tibetan artist. But when I met him, this was like 20 years and more ago, he was a he did only traditional art. So I asked him to do this talk for me in honor of my parents who had both recently died. And so here you see Mount Meru, and that's Lapis Lazuli. And there's the heaven, hard to see, there's details coming up. There's the heaven of the 33 gods. Here's the ladder or the stairway from heaven. 
and he's sort of floating down. At the bottom of Mount Meru, there are seven um, rings of hills and seven rings of oceans. And here are the people and the the, um, emperors and kings who have come to greet him. Here is the, uh, ooh, went by itself. Here's a detail. Here are the gods showering down flowers. Here's the heaven of the 33 gods. They can hard to see, but the Buddha's teaching there is mother and the other gods. Here's a stairway of gold, silver, and crystal. Mount Meru again. You can see some of the uh, places where the gods live going up to the top of the mountain. And here, one of the gods is holding a parasol over the Buddha. Here are... Um, rainbows sort of floating up into the air. Here's a better view of the middle part of it. <clears throat> so I think the uh, two monks who went up were Shariputra and Mogalana, but I'm not sure. So that's probably them. Here are the gods um, holding a staff. And here are the, uh, here's our ocean that surrounds um, Apple Blossom Island. Here are the emperors and the kings who came to greet the Buddha when he got back down to earth. That is the uh, form of Utpalivala, sorry, the nun, who became an emperor. Um, Here is is the uh, Buddha telling her she'll be an emperor in the future. And here is a stupa that was built at the site where the Buddha descended back to earth. This is my friend, uh, Ang Zang Sherpa, taken while he was painting that tonka that I commissioned from him. And um, funny thing about it is he, he was very um, focused when he was painting, so when people called him up on the phone, he would take their number and put it down on, the, on this margin of the tonka. So I'm thinking somewhere, some, in the far future, someone's going to be looking at that tonka and wondering what those numbers are. They're just phone numbers. Here's uh, in Sri Lanka, this is a depiction of the same thing. Here, um, the ladders really are ladders. And this is a 3D um, depiction in a temple in Colombo, I believe. It's Gangarama, Gangarama Temple in, uh, Sri, in uh, Colombo, Sri Lanka. Here is another, um, probably Burmese, uh, more contemporary picture. That Saka king of the gods, he's always shown as either green or blue. Here's a, a very old um, Tibetan tonka. Here's the ladder or the stairway from heaven. Here's the Buddha descending. Here he is at the bottom and um, talking to the kings and people who have God that gathered to see, see him. <clears throat> Pardon me. Here's an ancient... Uh, Carving of it, here's the ladder, here's the Buddha. Here are the people greeting him at the bottom. Okay, so the last one is the Buddha meditating in the forest and receiving receives an offering from animals. So the following is a de- depiction of a monkey offering honey to the Buddha. An elephant, see the Buddha went, the monks were arguing at one time, and the Buddha said, well, I'm just going to let you argue, and I'm going to go off to the forest. 
um, meditate for a while while you guys argue it out. So he did. So he went to the forest all by himself, and there was uh, his attendant wasn't even there. So an elephant offered water to and fruit to the Buddha while he was meditating alone in the forest. And a monkey saw this, and you know, monkeys see, monkey do. And so the off the monkey decided to offer a honeycomb to Buddha, but the Buddha did not eat the honeycomb. The monkey realized that there were bees' eggs in the comb, so he came back with a clean comb, which the Buddha accepted and ate. When the Buddha accepted it, the monkey was so happy that he fell out of the tree in which he was dancing. However, due to his meritorious gift of the honey, he was instantly reborn in the heaven of the 33 gods. So this story, I think, shows the importance of generosity. Here's a very ancient um, depiction of that. The, uh, in very ancient uh, Indian art, the Buddha was not shown, his, his body was not shown. So here he is, he was supposedly sitting on this throne here, and here's the uh, Bodhi tree. Here are people um, honoring him in the forest, even though he was supposed to be alone. Here's the Buddha, here's the monkey. First he's offering the monkey, I mean the honey, here to the Buddha. And then here the Buddha's accepted it. Here he's so happy he's dancing around. Here's a more contemporary from Thailand, um, the Buddha accepting the honey on a branch from the monkey. Here's a uh, statue of the same. Here's a, um, this is also from Thailand, uh, actually quite beautiful uh, golden statue of the monkey and then the Buddha's foot you can see here. Here's a diorama of the same thing. It looks like it's made of sugar or something. <laughs> it looks almost edible. But um, you can see the bo- the uh, honey here and the monkey. So um, a lot of times the eight great events of the Buddha's life are shown in, in an ensemble, which you see here. And you will often see these in uh, museums if they have a, an example. I believe this one is in the uh, Chicago Institute of Art. Here's a close-up. Um, here's the monkey uh, making the offering. And as I was just saying, sometimes the eight great events are presented as an ensemble. So in the next slides, the en- enlightenment is shown in the center, and then the birth, well, I'll point them out as we get there. Uh, this one is from the Metropolitan Museum in New York. Here's the enlightenment of the Buddha. Here's the birth. Um, well, let's go to the next one because even I can't see it. So here's the birth of the Buddha, as we talked about last week. Here is the first uh, teaching, which you can tell by the wheel of the Dharma here, being abor- adored by the deer in the deer park. And then over here we see... I believe this is the um, Miracles at Shravasti. And this is the uh, getting the honey from the monkey who's right there. He's very small again. And then at the top here again is the uh, first teaching. Here is the descent from the heaven of the 33 gods, I believe. No, I'm sorry. That's Nalagiri. That's an elephant there. That's taming Nalagiri. 
This is the death of the Buddha, the Parinirvana. This is a descent from the heaven of the 33 gods. And um, this is, again, the miracles at Shravasti. Here is another example in the same um, configuration. So if you ever see one of these at the museum, you can astound your friends with your knowledge. <laughs> so that here ends the uh, lesser wonders of the eight great events in the Buddha's life. Does anyone have any questions or comments or ideas? Just shout it out. Yeah. That was awesome, thank you. But um, I want to know how does the Theravada Buddhism believe in the 33 gods and the mysticism part? You don't have to believe it, or you, you can believe it, or you can't. It's really up to you. <laughs> um, it is, it's part of the story of the life of the Buddha. So, yes. Yes. Not that I know, no, but you'll often see them. They were uh, sculpted a lot a long time ago, and they were put in niches on a stupa. So there are a lot of examples in museums. So yeah, search it out next time you're at the at a museum. Yes. Say again. Really? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the artist's prerogative. So, yes. How many of the, these pieces have you seen actually personal? Uh, a lot of them, actually. I, when I go to museums, I always go to the Asian part and check it out. And, you know, that Tonka is mine. It is now in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I brought it to the temple there, the descent of the Buddha from the heaven of the 33 gods, but if you ever go to my humble abode, you will see a, you will see a lot of tankas that I commissioned from my friend. And Marilyn? Uh, I was just curious, how big were the ones that had the whole compilation of the um, Yeah, the one of the descent from the heaven of the 33 gods is about half the size of that screen there. So they can be quite large. Um, like four by two feet, the tonkas, I mean. And then they're all, no, they're usually um, framed with brocade and hung on a wall or somewhere else. Any other questions? Great, well, thank you very much.